was beautiful. It was wonderful to be able to spend this evening with you all here celebrating Jesus on Christmas Eve. What a delight it is to have a packed room of people who are here expectant, longing, and desiring to know, to worship, and to celebrate this child named Jesus. My name is David, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a delight to be able to be here with you. And I, I want to begin by asking a question of us. When it comes to giving and receiving gifts, that's part of the season, that's part of what we do, who knows best what you really need? Who really knows what you need when it comes to gifts? And I ask this because in our family, over the last couple of years, we've, we've found this online website that allows you to go in and, and you can put on that website exactly what you want. It's wonderful, down to the color and size and how many. And then people go onto your list and they choose from that and that's what they oftentimes get you for Christmas. It's great if you're one of those persons who wants to take all the mystery, mystery out of Christmas, who wants to have no surprises whatsoever. I know some of you are like that. I know there's many of us that are like, yep, no surprises on Christmas. I got my list and I want my list and that's all I want is what's on my list. But it's interesting when somebody goes off script when we have this agreement that we get things on the list, but then someone says, but I saw this, and I really thought you would love it. I, I saw this in the store, and I knew this just screamed you, so I had to get this for you. It's almost scandalous when that person opens the gift. It's like, what have you done? You broke the rules. And some of you are, have already opened your gifts, and some are going out of here screaming away from this place tonight to open gifts, and some are, are waiting patiently till tomorrow morning or days to follow to open gifts. And some of you are like, well, Pastor Dave, on my wish list, I've got a PlayStation 7. It may go up to 5 right now, but I'm asking for a 7. If I don't get that, then I'm going ballistic. Or, or I've got an iPhone 74 on my list, and if I don't get that thing, oh, watch out, world. Or whatever that new thing is, and you're like, this is my list, I want it. I want what is on my list and nothing else. But, but hear me for a second. What if somebody who loves you deeply, dearly, who loves what is best for you and wants success and joy for you, gets you something that's not on your list? Something that you may not want, but something that you really need. You might have this moment of thinking or even perhaps saying out loud, I don't want that. Take it back. I don't want it. But what if you need it? And I ask that because I've, I've been there before. There was one Christmas I had on my wish list, a Lego space station. And it was the best space station ever. I knew the size of the box, I knew the shape of the box, I knew what it sounded like when you shook it in the stores because I was that kid. And I saw a box under the tree that looked just like the same size. And yes, I shook it and it sounded just the same. But when I opened it, it was something very different. It was a, a winter coat. Now, my face probably gave away the surprise a little bit of, oh, I, I don't want this. But those who loved me, those who loved me best, knew that's what I needed because I didn't have a winter coat. And I began thinking about that. I began thinking, did, 
days and weeks and years to come was I'd wear that coat thinking, oh, I actually really do need this. This was best. This was way better than a, a set of Legos that I could have gotten from mom or dad. Again, the question, who knows best what you really need for Christmas, you or somebody who loves you? On that first Christmas night in the Bible, we find some of the Christmas characters who went into that season thinking that they really wanted something. But as it turned out, what they actually needed was something very different, something much more important. In the few minutes that we have left together this afternoon here in the quiet of this place, we're going to be looking at a familiar passage in Luke chapter 2 and considering what the shepherds thought they wanted and how it wasn't nearly as good as what they actually needed. And then ask us that question, what is it that we want this Christmas? But more importantly, what is it that we really need this Christmas? So if you have a Bible or want to follow along on the the screens above me, we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. It's on page 805. If you can find it with your camera lights or with your glow-in-the-dark phones or uh, Bibles that you might have brought with you. But they're also on the screen above me here, which is great for all of us. We're going to start by considering what the shepherd thought they wanted in verse 8. We, we, we read this. That in the same regions there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And this morning, we looked at the first seven verses of Luke chapter 2 and saw how Mary and Joseph went to a town named Bethlehem. And while there, Mary gave birth to her son, naming him Jesus. And without sounding too corny, Jesus really is the reason for the season of Christmas. And so why would the Bible quickly shift to a focus away from Jesus and talk about these shepherds out in the middle of a hill, far away from the city where Jesus was? And I think it's a, an important question because these shepherds, as we already heard this later or early this, this evening from Miss Cindy, these shepherds weren't exactly high on the social status ladder. I think they were described as raggedy, dirty, smelly. They were often ignored by the people of the cities. They were the ones who were out there letting their sheep wander around in somebody else's pasture than where they should have been. Shepherds were the kind of people that if you were graduating and thinking, what should I do the rest of my life, being a shepherd would be pretty low on your list. If it, was a, if it was like a Hallmark movie and the young lady brought a shepherd home, the dad would be standing at the doorway saying, uh-uh, nah, not in my house. You stink. Go somewhere else. They were not liked. They were despised. They were not the people who were the most trustworthy, but yet they're the ones in our story, who the declaration of Christ's birth is told to first. They were doing the same thing they always did, minding their own business, hanging out with their sheep and being left alone by the rest of the people in the city. That's what they expected. That's what they thought they wanted that first night, but that's not what they got. Instead, we see in verse 9, they had an unexpected visitor show up and bring them an unexpected gift where an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Fear not, the angel said, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I don't know about you, but I love it when angels show up. Angels are kind of mysterious, right? They're these characters that kind of bring with them a little bit of intrigue and you're not quite sure what's going on. You're not quite sure what they're going to say, but they usually start by saying something like, calm down, don't freak out, or here, 
fear not. You can imagine why. Because they're very different. They're very other. It's like opening up a Christmas gift of thinking, oh, these, these, this feels like a shoebox. This feels like shoes. And instead of shoes in there, it's a snake. It's like, yes, fear is the right response when something comes at you that you're not expecting. And that's what the, angels, the angel here was doing to these poor shepherds. And so he says, fear not. I bring you something that you did not know that you needed. He tells him in verse 11, I bring you good news of great joy that's for all the people. All the people. Not just for those back in the city, not just for those who actually had a mailing address, not just for those who had a home, who knew where their next meal was going to come from, who, who were at the top of the social status ladder, but for all people, good news is declared. The gift was for these dirty, smelly, thieving, often ignored shepherds. And it was located just down the hill from where they were in Bethlehem, in the city of David. But how would they know where to go? Well, the angel tells them that in verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. I can guarantee that a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a, a feeding trough in the middle of a city that they were not included or not invited to be part of was not very high on their wish list that Christmas. They weren't wondering, oh, is this the year that we get invited to the most amazing birth announcement ever? No, their wish list probably included things like leave us alone. Just let us be. Let us do our life. Let us watch our sheep. Let us do our job. Let us just be here. Leave us alone. The angel brought this unexpected gift, and they brought some unexpected friends with them as well. He said in verse 13 that suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. These shepherds must have at least said, all right, all right, let's look into this a little bit because they went to the city and the verses to follow. They found the baby Jesus just as the angel described and they returned back home to their flocks, back up the hill, praising, glorifying God. And the gift that they received, this gift of good news that was for them, was way better than they had expected and hoped more than they could have ever imagined. It was Exactly what they needed that first Christmas. But that was some stinky shepherds a couple thousand years ago in another part of the world altogether. And most of us looking around here, I, I don't think too many of us are shepherds. I may be wrong. Not many of us were visited by an angel earlier this year saying something amazing was going to happen. And if, if that happened to you, please come see me afterwards. I would love to hear that. But this is a story that kind of feels far away. It feels a long time ago. Maybe you're thinking, what does this story of shepherds and angels have to do with me? Well, maybe it goes back to the question that we started our time with this evening. Who knows best what you really need for Christmas? You or somebody who loves you? So the joyful news that Luke describes tells us that on the right day, at the exact right time, in the exact right city, the Savior was born, who was Christ the Lord. 
And when that baby was born, when the angels declared his arrival, that first Christmas, we weren't given something on our, our wish list. We were giving something better. We were giving something on our need list. Something unexpected, something that we didn't see coming, but when we opened it, when we saw it, when we received and saw this baby lying in a manger, we said, oh, that's exactly what I need. I didn't know how badly I wanted. I didn't know how badly I longed for a Savior to show up, for God to take on flesh and to dwell among us. And the gift that the angel declares was the gift of peace. Peace in a world filled with war and striving, filled with anger and bitterness, peace between God and man, peace and contentment in our own lives, and peace with each other. Peace is what Christ brought with him. And true peace can't be found in giving or getting the right kind of stuff of nailing the wish list, the Christmas list, and saying, yep, that's, I'm happy. I'm, I find peace when all my checklists are off my list. No, peace comes only in knowing this Christ, this Jesus, this Savior, this Lord. And if you want peace to be present in your life, Jesus must be the Savior and Lord of your life. God's plan was never to give you peace that is separate from himself. And yet some of us are maybe here tonight thinking, I've been trying a long time on my own. I've been trying to find peace. I've been trying to find contentment. I've been trying to find joy in lots of different things. I'm pretty sure I could figure out what I want. But then we come face to face with this story, with this child, with this declaration, with this gift of peace that comes only through Christ. And no matter what you might think you want this season, what God is offering you in Jesus is better than you could ever imagine. That thing that is missing, that thing that you need is not more stuff, it's not more cookies, it's not more time with family and more Christmas lights, it's Jesus. That is the unexpected gift that we need in a world that's filled with things that we want. But maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you've actually said, I, I, I know this gift. I know this Jesus. But maybe we've forgotten, even just a little bit, how incredible, amazing this gift is that God has given to you of a Savior who has walked on this earth, who, who knows us in our weakness, who knows our struggles who understands the things that we're tempted with. But again, what if somebody who truly loves you and knows what you really need this Christmas offers you a reminder? And while I don't know who you are, I'm, I'm, I want to serve as a little bit of a mouthpiece and say, what we need is not more stuff, it's Jesus. And I don't know most of you, I, can, I know some of you, but I don't know all of you, but the beautiful thing is we have a God who knows you intimately, who created you, who knows every thought in your head, every word you've ever spoken, who loves you more infinitely than you can ever imagine, and he proved it by sending his son, Jesus, for you. Friends, do not neglect the gift of Jesus this Christmas and exchange it for just a bunch of stuff that you may think you want. 
You are invited here in the stillness of this moment to believe and proclaim, much like the shepherds, that Jesus is the Lord. To have that be what's on our lips, even as we leave this place in just a few moments. But I want to offer us a time to be able to reflect and think about this, though. And as our time comes to a close tonight, I'm going to invite the musicians to lead us in a song that we've kind of, it's become kind of a, a beautiful tradition here at Mill Creek, and the song Silent Night. Uh, we're going to be sharing the, the, the hope, and the light, and the life of Jesus with those around us. And I know many of you grabbed a, a candle on the way in. Oh, I've got one here. Thank you, Rick. This is my special candle. No, it's really not. It's just a candle I grabbed on the way in. Hopefully you grabbed one, and, and what we're going to be doing in just a couple of minutes, we're going to be lighting this. We're going to invite you to stand as you're able, and we're going to be lighting this, and I'm going to be, a couple of staff members are going to come join me up here in the front, and we're going to begin passing this light from one person to the next, to the next, to the next, reminded of who Jesus is and what he has done, and being able to celebrate and to share in this joy of proclaiming Jesus around the world. And here's a pro tip. If you have a, a candle that is lit, if you've got a fire going on yours, you keep your candle up and down, okay? If your candle is not lit and you're coming to get it, you can come in sideways. Get it? This is lit. This is not lit. You'll figure it out. Keep the wax off of yourself and your neighbors. That'd be great. And if you've got little ones next to you, you've got a candle in your hand, and you trust them with it, then I trust them with it, okay? That's all we're going to say about this. All right, let me light this. And staff, would you please come join me up here in front? And friends, would you please stand as you're able as we begin to pass the light of Jesus in this room?